0: Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 378 of the self-sufficient hub podcast i hope you're all safe and well Today we're starting a new Monday series and I had planned and had even mentioned that I was going to be doing a chickens series and we were going to be doing a deep dive into all aspects of chicken keeping because there's a lot of things that I haven't really touched on before, things like pests and diseases and different types of feeds and nutrients etc etc and I think it warrants its own series, a real deep dive on all of those aspects but we are going to do that, but i 'm going to put it back and slip another series in the middle because i was i 'm just looking at my sort of itinerary for the podcast, and I mentioned last week that I did a whole week of just episodes of stuff that i haven 't had chance to do because the the diary for the podcast looks quite full most of the time, so Fridays generally every month the four or so Fridays in a month are given over to things like the four before four things to do before the end of the oddments episode and other recurring themes perhaps depending on the season it might be you know what should you be sewing right now etc etc so Fridays tends to be quite full there's one or two Fridays a month that I can squeeze in separate things And then Wednesdays, I like to do interviews when I can. And then Mondays, obviously, we run a series. So it doesn't leave me too many episodes a month, only one or two, to fit sort of separate topics about just things that I think are important. And one that I really wanted to talk about is drought and dealing with extreme drought or just drought for you whatever is unusually low rainfall in your area and then I thought well we've just had some really hot weather and I found myself having to deal with a heat wave episode and I think it might actually be a good idea to do a full series on weather on extreme weather so that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks we're going to look at extreme weather extreme cold extreme heat extreme wind all of those things and we're starting with drought and that is obviously a lack of rainfall so that's what the next few Mondays are going to be dedicated to an extreme weather series another little tiny bit of housekeeping is just to say that we are At the end of our Friday giveaways for this season, for season two of the podcast, they will begin again in season three. I've just run out of my stock of stuff that I had all sorted out and put to one side and uh, it's going to take me a while to get together the next lot of giveaways of which there will be some I'm really sure of that I just don't have them to hand and at the moment we're going to put that on hiatus and that will probably return at the start of season three of the podcast and if you've been following me a little while and been a subscriber for the of the show for a little while then you will know that we do our September challenge and then we have a hiatus we take Basically about a month off after the September challenge and then we come back in October, in November, sorry, ready to go again. So that is the plan. So we're closing in on the end of season two. We've got a few weeks left and then there'll be a short break and then we'll be back and our Friday giveaways will begin again. So today's episode then, talking about drought, we are looking, we're staring a drought in the face here in the UK And it really is just so apparent everywhere you look. If you look at satellite images of the UK this year versus last year, it's just this very stark contrast between last year's green and this year's brown. It really couldn't be clearer when you look at it now different people, different organisations will define droughts differently. So a drought relates to a lack of water, but there's different types of droughts and their natures and their impacts can be can be very different. So in the UK, the Royal Meteorological Society says that a drought is not just a lack of water for a specific time, for example. There can be agricultural droughts where there's not enough water to grow crops, to give just one example of a specific type of drought. And the decision on whether or not to de- declare declare a drought in England is taken by the Environment Agency and it does so by talking to the water companies and it makes that decision with them uh, on board and it doesn't use a single definition of a drought. It takes into account all sorts of factors like the impact on people and how long a drought is likely to last. So we have seen drought warnings and what happens is the next step usually is a hosepipe ban and a hosepipe ban means that we're not allowed to use hosepipes we're not allowed to use hosepipes to wash our cars to water our lawns or to water our plants now we can still water them using a watering can and any other receptacle is just not hose pipes that's the first step and we've never actually seen or in my lifetime anyway I've never seen domestic houses actually have their water turned off but that is a possibility and stand pipes in the street and you go and queue up for your water and it's worth thinking about that because even if that's not likely to happen anytime soon I think because the way the climate is changing, we are seeing more and more extreme weather. So we're likely to see more droughts. We're likely to see more of the high temperatures that we've seen, etc., cetera, et cetera, over the coming decades. Now, the National Drought Group here in England moved into what they call a prolonged dry weather status. And that is basically the stage just before a drought. And they moved into that status at an emergency meeting because in, in the first three months of the year... The rainfall in England was down by about 26% on the national average. And that meant that even before the summer started, average river flows were at below normal or exceptionally low. And then you follow that with July, which saw not just multiple temperature records broken, but also rainfall down 76% in July. And these conditions have just been made worse by an overconsumption of water. More than 28 percent of underground water sources the government says are overused or whatever that means and uh, it's been you know the driest july since 1935 we've set heat wave records etc etc and we're already seeing hose pipe bans enforced in some parts of the uk southeast water is has imposed a hose pipe and strict sprinkler ban as has hampshire and the isle of wight or, or parts of Hampshire and the Isle of Wight that are under the remit of Southern Water. And uh, there aren't any other companies that are yet imposing hosepipe bans. But I personally, my opinion, and it is only that, I believe that they will almost certainly follow in other areas and we need to be diligent and think about our water use as humans when we're in these positions we need to do things like take so there's two there's two completely different sides of this coin that i want to talk about on this episode i want to talk about how we can be responsible humans in the face of this type of problem but then i also want to talk about our plants and how we can cope with droughts in the garden and what we might do to protect ourselves from some of the problems that we might see from droughts with our vegetables and animals and things like that so we should obviously be doing all of the obvious stuff you know making sure that we're turning off taps when we can don't leave the tap running while you're brushing your teeth for example making sure that you've fixed any leaks that are on your property make sure that you're filling washing machines and dishwashers and not using them half full, you know, wait until you've got a full load and take short showers. I personally am someone who absolutely loves a bath. I really do enjoy taking a bath, but I'm showering at the moment because we just don't have the spare water in the country and it's not, uh, you know, it's just part of doing our bit, isn't it? So I'm showering exclusively at the moment, no baths for me. So these are all things that we can do on a sort of just just morally ethically the right thing to do to try and reduce our use of the domestic water supply but also we should be installing and using water butts and trying to capture as much water as we can and think about reusing grey water if we've used water for one purpose can we then reuse it for another can we use that water to water our plants for example so we have got a small only a little paddling pool out in the garden that my children use particularly my youngest son and obviously when we've finished with that water we use it to water our plants we're not just using it once and then tipping it out that would be uh, you know really selfish and, and not a great use of that water. So other tips for when we've got a drought because they, they're definitely going to present challenges for us as gardeners and that. We need to think about one of the most essential ingredients for plants to thrive is water. And it doesn't just use the water to drink it also uses the water to access the nutrients if the ground all around the roots is absolutely dry the plant gets no nutrients and no water so we want to carry on watering our plants and we want to do it perhaps in a slightly more efficacious way so that we are using a little bit less water than we might otherwise need to so believe it or not most plants established plants they're going to be fine with a really deep watering once every few days rather than every day so on average plants prefer one and a half to one to one and a half inches say of moisture per week now in a drought that's going to be hard to come by from the the heavens of course so to prepare your plants watering deeply once a week is going to be a much better practice than watering more often with less water and deep watering as we all know from I'll talk about tomatoes. It's going to establish a stronger, deeper root system, because what's going to happen is as you're watering, that water is all going to go down nice and low and really get into the soil. But then critically, what's going to happen is in the subsequent days in between watering, the very top of the soil is going to dry out. So our plants roots are going to just get down nice and deep because that's where the water is they're not going to stay near the top you run the risk if you water every day particularly with new seedlings or not necessarily new seedlings that probably do need watering every day but as plants are establishing after you've transplanted your seedlings after they've established for a week or two while they're establishing into bigger plants if we just water every single day the root system can sort of spread out on the surface where all the moisture is and be less inclined to get down nice and deep so watering deeply keeps more moisture in the soil but it also encourages our our roots to go down nice and deep and of course when that moisture gets down nice and deep it's going to lose less of that moisture through evaporation as well another thing that you might want to think about is to actually stop using fertilizers and feeds on your plants because fertilizers and feeds are going to promote growth and fast growth so that fast growth is going to just need more and more water. The The plants will be fine without that fast growth growing at a slower rate. So by not adding that, for, for that fertilizer and those feeds, we can actually slow down our plants' growth just through the period of drought, which is going to mean that they need less water. And in addition, fertilizer salts can build up in the soil. And if there's less moisture to assist the the uptake of that fertilizer and help it leach out into the soil then there can actually be a build-up of salt which can even burn some of your plant's roots so that's another tip for when you're facing a drought next up is to really concentrate on your weeding and have your weeding game on top form because weeds are only going to be there taking up valuable resources for our plants. And that includes moisture and nutrients in the water. So by keeping the weeds under control, you're providing, obviously this goes across the board all year round, but particularly when our plants are struggling for certain nutrients or for certain things like light or moisture, then keeping weeds under control, you're gonna provide a better environment for your plants and less competition for that moisture that is in such short supply. Another thing that you're going to want to think about is mulching and adding mulch to your soil is going to shield the ground from that direct sunlight, which is going to stop a lot of the water evaporating. So two to three inches of mulch, whatever that mulch might be, is going to keep your soil cooler, keep it out of the direct sunlight, and it's going to keep that moisture in the ground longer. There's all sorts of other benefits to mulch that we've spoken about, lots of times but it's really important when we're trying to keep moisture in the ground the last thing is to if you've got flowering plants then you're going to want to deadhead them a little bit earlier than you might otherwise because you don't want to allow spent blooms to form into seeds and use that energy to you know develop seeds that you don't want because anytime a plant is expending energy it's doing that by taking up nutrients and water in the soil So those are some of the tips for actually dealing with the drought in the garden. The next up, I want to talk about some drought tolerant vegetables that you could consider growing or perhaps consider growing more of if you're in an area that's looking like you're going to be facing more and more drought type experiences. The first of them is Swiss chard. So it's a a member of the beet family. It's something I've spoken about before. And it's generally it's dark leafy green and it's got sometimes beautifully colored stems you can get it in all sorts of different varieties and it's perfect for salads and also can be used as a vegetable so you've probably heard of spinach and kale and swiss chard all spoken about as similar vegetables because they're all nutritionally really really rich in iron potassium and vitamins so it's, it's a great vegetable to grow but it's also going to be quite drought tolerant. It doesn't need a tremendous amount of watering. So it's a great crop that can be grown as a biennial. You can also grow certain varieties as a perennial if you make sure that they don't go to seed, but it's a great drought tolerant plant. Next up is a plant called cowpeas, just a type of peas, and they've been eaten by humans for over 4,000 years Greeks and Romans were eating them long before us but we still enjoy them today so cow peas are a type of peas that include black-eyed peas and purple hole pink-eyed peas and they're another great great vegetable full of protein and they're also a legume so they will be fixing nitrogen into your soil so They actually really want consistently warm nights and soil temperatures above 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So no frost. And they're not going to do very well if you get cold weather, cold evenings. But if you live in a warmer temperature, in a warmer area and you do face droughts, then cowpeas are one plant that's going to do really, really well in those conditions. Another plant that is fairly drought tolerant is okra okra is a plant that you can definitely grow in polytunnels here in the uk but if you've got warm weather and you're somewhere that does tend to get droughts then okra is definitely one to think about they're a plant that you you would plant multiple seeds in one hole and then thin them out as they pick up as they germinate and then you know space them out nine to twelve inches apart and they're going to want just watering once a week once they are established Another plant that does okay with less water, surprisingly, is actually your runner beans, your pole beans, these climbing veggies. So they're a great plant for if you're short of space and you want to do some vertical growing, but they're also a great plant that are going to cope okay in a drought. Again, you just want to water them once a week and they're going to do the rest for you. Now, next up, there's a couple of plants that you might not have considered as drought tolerant. But the first one is courgettes and we actually oh zucchini if you're in the States. And courgettes are a plant that is actually surprisingly drought tolerant because they've got a really deep root system and they will also spread out over the surface with their roots and that will help the plant literally look for water in dry conditions. It's still a good idea to water them in a drought. So again, we're talking about once a week with that deep watering, but they're actually a fairly drought tolerant plant. Now, of course, when they're actually fruiting, they're going to want extra watering to help them produce those fruits but they're going to be okay and they're going to survive a drought quite well with just a little bit of watering like i said once a week and the next up another plant which falls into the similar category for the similar reasons is tomatoes and some tomatoes are particularly do de- uh, uh, they're virtually perfect for drought conditions there are two varieties that i've read called early girl and brandywine That have been used in dry farming situations to produce a lovely fruit that's really, really full of flavor. And in fact, insufficient water is one of the key components to successful dry farming. Without supplementing their water, the tomato roots dig really, really deep into the soil and the plant focuses its energy on producing fruit to reproduce in those drought situations. And that means that the fruits are a bit smaller, but they're really, really packed with flavour. So they're like a, a concentrated tomato if you like so that's early girl and brandy wine that can be used to grow in really really dry conditions and if you want a larger harvest of milder tomatoes you can use most uh, most reliable tomato varieties but Cherokee, purple or beefsteak are fairly drought tolerant varieties as well which are just going to want about an inch of water a week, once a week. So that is your drought resistant tomatoes. You can also grow mustard greens, Jerusalem artichokes and a few others. These are all plants that are going to do just fine in fairly drought-like conditions. Uh, Amaranth is another one but there are also some plants that aren't going to do very well in a drought and these are These are plants that you're really going to want to look after a little bit more in a drought. And they include things like potatoes. Potatoes really do need plenty of water to make those tubers work and put on lots of weight. And also sweet corn. Sweet corn, believe it or not, isn't going to cope very well in drought-like conditions. So again, it's going to depend across the board with all of these things, even the plants that do have drought-tolerant varieties. is going to depend a little bit on which varieties you choose. So just spend some time thinking about what you're growing, what you're planting, and which of your plants need that little bit extra attention, which of them are going to be okay in a drought But uh, that's that's some of the plants that you can consider growing for a drought or consider giving extra attention to if you're in a drought. Now, you just you're just going to want to come up with some other ways of being creative with rainwater harvesting, using that grey water and doing all the things we can to reduce our impact personally on the water system the water infrastructure and by doing that we come out of the drought that little bit quicker so that's it for today guys dealing with a drought i hope you found that episode useful we'll be back on wednesday when i'll be talking to shannon ward all about some ethical and moral chicken keeping questions that we've been talking about offline and we've uh, finally got our thoughts out in public and recorded so that'll be coming out on wednesday i look forward to sharing that with you thanks for listening guys and i'll speak to you really soon cheers this episode of the self-sufficient hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons you guys are awesome if you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcast. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face to face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening and I'll speak to you really soon.